Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast, an audio breakdown of regulatory barriers to social equity in the cannabis industry by Marijuana Matters. My name is Deanna Benjamin, and I'm your host. If you live in a state where cannabis isn't legal or the regulations are extremely tight, should you still pursue entrepreneurship in the industry? Well, if you're anything like Sedaria Gray, the answer is yes. Sedaria's experience is unique. From super prohibitionist south to the weed-friendly west coast, she's seen what the cannabis industry can do for people. And she's seen what prohibition has taken away. So she's decided to develop Lunasol, a cannabis company devoted to health and wellness in Mississippi, a state where, as of this recording, medical marijuana was legalized by voters and then struck down by the courts. So keep listening. You'll learn what brought Sedaria into this adventure of cannabis entrepreneurship and how she's navigating the industry's tumultuous legal landscape. Let's get into it. Welcome everybody to the show. Um, today I'm going to be speaking with Sedaria Gray, who is one of our inaugural members of our Mike uh, Boot Camp. Um, we have been speaking with these incredible entrepreneurs who are pursuing these brands in cannabis. They are starting from the ground up, which is a very unique time to be in. And so it's a real pleasure and honor and gift for us to get to hear about your experiences, Sedaria. Um, so welcome. Welcome to the show. Yes, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. We're excited to have you. My first question, speaking of being here, mm-hmm. <laughs> is what brought you into cannabis? Because from what I've seen, um, it's not where you started. No, it is not. I actually do media relations and communication. So very different. Um, so really, there are a couple things uh, and a couple ways that I kind of came into the cannabis industry. My family has a nonprofit organization in Mississippi called Southern Foundation for Homeless Children. Um, that used to be a couple of foster homes that we had in Mississippi, particularly northern Mississippi. But we ended up extending and it made it, it ended up being more of a food program um, focused on wellness and health and things like that. So when the cannabis legislation, um, or rather when the cannabis um, yeah, legislation was introduced on the Initiative 65 in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a great time to really show people and showcase Mississippi um, as like a, a state that's really moving forward as far as wellness and health, because cannabis um, is really used as um, an alleviator of anxiety, depression, all of these things. It's a really holistic um, way to alleviate a lot of issues that we all have. So um, I thought it was a good tie-in to what we were already doing from the perspective of having like a nonprofit that really focused on wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we work with a lot of Black farmers and people that are really in, are kind of connected on a, on a separate vertical to cannabis. So I thought it would be a really great connector um, and a way to let the people know that we have other ways um, outside of just the traditional medications that you can help just kind of alleviate a lot of the issues that cannabis is really, really known for alleviating. And I actually used to live in Seattle at one point and DC. So I was exposed to those things and um, just how, 
you know, the recreational as well as the medical marijuana worked in those different states um, and how it, you know, affected people in a positive way. So being able to be exposed to that before moving back to the South, I've now live in Memphis. Um, it really, really shifted just kind of my thought on cannabis and how helpful it can be. And one of my main purposes that I want to do this is to shift the narrative of what cannabis is in the community, specifically in the South. Um, so that is something that was really important. And, and that's how I kind of got into it. Mm, wow. There, there's so many interesting parts of your story. I mean, first, the connection between wellness coming from a place of like, we want to deal with food scarcity, we want to provide that kind of wellness and connecting that to okay, here's an opportunity in cannabis. Because I think a lot of people would not put those two um, ideas (laughs) in the same sentence. (laughs) But you're saying, I mean, really points to the real historical use of this plant has always been about wellness. It has always been medicinal, even recreational use is often medicinally beneficial for the users. Exactly. Um, Yeah, so I think that that's just so fascinating. And you talk about like changing the narrative in the South. Can you talk more about that? What you've lived then in very different places, Seattle Mm. all the way, you know, Northwest, DC, all the way, almost (laughs) almost Northeast and then the South. So what, what's the, what is the narrative surrounding cannabis in the South from your experience and, and how Absolutely. is it? Yeah. Yeah. So the way that it's the narrative in the, in the South for cannabis is that it's a drug. Um, right. A lot of people nationwide are, you know, incarcerated for marijuana, but within the Mississippi and in the South, those rates are, are high. They're extremely high, particularly for people of color, black, African-Americans specifically um, out of that subset of people of color, African-Americans in Mississippi. I know um, for us, all of us are probably, you know, one person away um, from someone or knowing someone that has been um, either locked up for cannabis or has some kind of record for cannabis. So they might not have went to jail, but they might have went to a different program um, instead of uh, going to actual jail. So, you know, because of that, there has been this definitely a, a negative connotation towards marijuana. It's seen as this drug. It's, it's technically a federal um, drug on the scheduling um, system. So it definitely is a scheduled drug. Mm-hmm. So um, that unfortunately has shifted into it just being not even necessarily it being just a negative thing, you know, or a a negative, something that's negative to consume um, because people are directly associating with, oh, getting high and potheads and weed heads and all of these things and just the drug trade in general. So it's a lot to unpack in the South um, as far as changing the narrative. It's not gonna be as easy as opening up a dispensary and saying, hey, this is medical marijuana. It really has to be a a shift in mindset. Um, And we've seen these types of shifts occur um, in Mississippi around a lot of different things. Um, So when it was put on the ballot and 70, I think it was like 76% of people in Mississippi said, hey, yes, we want medical marijuana. That was the first step. That's what showed me that, okay, people are understanding 
that it's not just for, you know, this recreational use and to get high. It's more so about, you know, the medical use as well. If I would not have seen that high amount of people that voted for the initiative, I probably wouldn't have been so um, excited about trying to do it and shift the narrative in Mississippi. But seeing that high percentage showed me that people know that it's not just a drug, you know, it's a medical, it can be used for medical use, whole, you know, wholeness and wellness. So um, it's a really big narrative to shift. Yeah. Um, I'm also interested in um, starting in Mississippi, but really just in the South. I really want to do more dispensaries and um, pursuing more verticals um, in the South in general. Mm-hmm. Um, not as interested, honestly, in, in on the West Coast and all of that. I'm, I'm from the South and I really want to make the biggest impact here. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of seeing how people were you know, trying to move forward with it, that really got me a little bit more excited. But yeah, it's definitely in the past been something that, you know, we're trying to work out of, but but the neg- nar- the narrative has, has been pretty negative. Yeah. And it, and it makes, yeah. I mean, it makes sense, you know, like if you know somebody or, or you yourself have been arrested because of cannabis and suddenly, yeah. you know, the state says, okay, we're going to legalize it. That doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily translate to, oh, okay, we're going to do this. Especially if you're Black in America, we, we play by another set of rules a lot of the time. Um, so that makes so much sense. And now I want to know more about your dispensary. So you, um, your brand is called the Luna Soul Company. Mm-hmm. Tell us, tell us, you know, what your, we've heard your heart, like where you're coming from, why you've come into cannabis what your motives are, but what about this specific brand? What are your dreams for it? You're talking about the South. So it sounds like you, you might want to have multiple locations. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell us about Luna Soul Company. Yeah. So, um, I really thought about the concept of Luna Soul through just kind of, um, Luna, which is moon Mm -hmm. and soul, which is the sun. And it really, um, represents the indica and sativa, um, parts of cannabis. So I thought that was really important to kind of, um, make a a name or have like a name that really just kind of felt like directly reflected cannabis and like its uses. So of course, Luna gives you energy, um, and all of that, like the sun gives you energy when you wake up, things like that. So, um, not Luna, but the soul part. Um, I thought that was really, you know, a good thing and a good way to kind of showcase the sativa part, Mm -hmm. but then also you have, um, the indica, which is the, the moon and Luna, which really shows more of calming down. So calming anxiety or stress and things like that. So we really look to like the moon for those type of that type of energy. Mm -hmm. So that's where I derived, um, the name Luna soul. Um, and so as far as what I'm really interested in, um, I want it to be a dispensary within the Mississippi area. I'm looking at different um, locations right now. I'm originally from Mississippi, um, Starkville, Mississippi specifically. So I'm interested in Starkville, but I'm also interested in, in doing other um, locations as well. Okay. So, of course, the hiccup right now is that we're waiting for Mississippi um, to come back and legalize medical marijuana again through the actual uh, Mississippi State House of Representatives and so we're waiting for that right now um, because it was unfortunately shot down in the Supreme Court and deemed unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. So that has definitely been a roadblock and to, to kind of work around. But we know and we're very confident that um, it will get 
it, it will get legalized again. The governor has also said that if it comes on his desk, he'll sign it because that's what the people want. So we're, we're really excited about the future, but that definitely is a hiccup. So what it'll be was is dispensaries for sure. Um, and where I'm from, Starkville, as well as maybe a few other locations. Um, and in those dispensaries, um, you know, we will all definitely have uh, the medical marijuana, medical cannabis for people who come in and want that. But we also want to have some other wellness options as well, too. Um, not even necessarily from a cannabis perspective, but also from just a, a wellness perspective. So we're looking at offering other things. Maybe it's a, a free yoga class on Saturday and things like that, ways yeah. to really connect the community so that they know they have positive associations with cannabis. Mm. So, you know, when they come in to get that, they also think about, oh, there's, well, you know, there's massages or there's yoga, there's other things there so they can have those positive connections to other ways mm. um, to alleviate stress and anxiety and, and all of these different things. So we want to make sure we have those positive associations within um, all of our um, dispensaries. Um, also looking to do other verticals of cannabis, which is something that is, would be very new for me. Um, we're looking at maybe doing um, some other type of vertical. So whether that would be the transportation or things like that, but as that's still developing within the South, that's that, that would be kind of far off. So that's something that we have and that we're interested in in the future um, that we would love to pursue. But right now we're going to focus on just getting those dispensaries open and making sure that they're well ran and looking for some really good suppliers. And the supplier base will, will once again, kind of depend on how Mississippi does the legislation. Right. Um, if we can, you know, we would love to have people that are in Mississippi, but I think we're all kind of in this together. As soon as it starts, there might not be someone that we can use in Mississippi, you know, day one, we'll likely have to, um, lean on other suppliers for it, but um, we're really, really wanting to lean on other businesses that are um, ran by people of color and minorities. So that is something we're really looking into doing. And that's a part of our vision. And that's built in into the Luna Soul vision is definitely supporting other minority businesses. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what our plan is for right is, is right now. And as you know, with this highly regulated industry, things change. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, you know, we're always ready to, to change if we need to and, and to just basically be flexible and to pivot. And I mean, if that's anything we've learned um, in 2020, that's probably the number one thing is pivoting. So we're always, you know, ready to do that when we need to. That like your vision, the aspirations that you have for your brand are so inspirational, even the way that you talk about uh, the legislation legislation like you literally said it yeah it's just you know it's just a, a little wrench <laughs> it's just a, a small obstacle um yeah I hope that people can really hear that because you're pursuing this dream you see beyond the obstacles yeah. and I think that's 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 huge um especially for people who are trying to start these small businesses who aren't coming out mm -hmm. of enormous corporations so you kind of touched on this at the end of your answer, but if you were, you know, to give advice to maybe you a year ago or two years ago or somebody who aspires to do what you're doing, what have you learned so far in this very unsure journey that you're on um, that you think would be most useful for them that would encourage them the most? Yeah, I would say um, 
and this people say this a lot in business, but you know, you really do, and, and this really speaks to cannabis too, but you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable and also mm-hmm. comfortable with the unknown mm-hmm. all the time. Okay. So I had just said this before, but it's a highly regulated industry. Things change. So, you know, you might know something today and then it completely changes tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You have to be okay with that. Um, and that's, like I said, just knowledge for anyone dealing with business is going to be like that, but it's super volatile in the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say being able to, to know that and always thinking forward. So thinking about um, not just one solution, but a couple different scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, always making sure you're keep thinking about several scenarios of how things can happen and not putting your eggs all in one basket. Um, so definitely thinking, you know, thinking forward, that would be number two. So number one was definitely being uncomfortable with the uncomfortable. Right. Number two, always having plan two, three, four, you know, A, B, C, D. Um, that's really, really important. Um, and then the other one is, since it's, you know, um, since it is so regulated and it's heavily, you know, it's regulated by states, you know, all the states are at different phases. So I encourage you, um, anybody that's new, especially interested in cannabis to connect with those people that, you know, have been in the cannabis game for a really long time. So connecting with people in California and Washington state, um, and all of those different ways, um, different states to understand, you know, what did they go through and what their experiences are because, um, history repeats itself. Mm. So that, that is going to repeat itself in what you're doing. So seeing what they've done before is is really important. Um, it's extremely important. So whatever vertical that you're in, um, somebody has has done it before you. So that's a good thing. Um, and they probably just done it within the last 20 years. So that's yeah. that's even better because <laughs> yeah. cannabis is new. So those are the three things I definitely think are just the most important. You know, just just making sure that you are able to quickly pivot and having, you know, multiple plans and connecting, networking, networking, networking with people who have already done it. Do not try to, you know, create something, you know, things are there for you. You can help follow those paths. And of course, always have your niche and and tweak it the way you need to tweak it so it can be yours and your brand. That's, you know, your brand value. Um, That's who you are, but you don't have to recreate everything. So I definitely would encourage people with those three tips for sure. That is good, good feedback. Wow. (laughs) Thank you so much um, for, for lending your knowledge. Like y'all, she's, she's in such a unique situation and they, you know, trying to build a cannabis business in a state where the laws really ensure. But honestly, even if you live in California or Washington state, as long as cannabis is federally illegal, this is an industry that is just very legally precarious. And I love what you said about being comfortable with the uncomfortable. If you want mm-hmm. to enter cannabis, it's just something that you've got to be. So thank you. This has been really <laughs> valuable. Um, and I'm really looking forward personally to seeing how your brand grows. Thanks for being yeah. with us, Maria. Thank you. That's it for today's episode of the Greenlight Podcast. If you support what we're doing, subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. That'll help others find us and learn more about social equity in the cannabis industry. You can find out more about Marijuana Matters and our Minorities in Cannabis Boot Camp by checking out our website, marijuanamatters.org. And you can follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram at Marijuana Matters DC. Thanks for joining us.
talk soon.